Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Good morning. Welcome to the latest installment of the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. Michelob Ultra, stay in, stay active, enjoy, proudly distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend. My name is Darren Pritchett, and my tremendous co-hosts are ready to roll this morning. We have John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, and Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club. Gentlemen, good morning to you. How are you? Doing good. Morning, Darren. What, what's in your coffee, buddy? You're sounding awful fired up this morning. Well, I get to talk with two of my favorite guys, so if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. And oh, the quarantine's having really strange effects on you, aren't they? Isn't well, it? Well, it's been a fun last couple of days. The NFL draft, Thursday, Friday, again today. So we actually have something to watch on TV right now. So yeah. when you're not playing golf at Blackthorn, you got something to watch on TV. There you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing. So it's amazing what we get excited for now, isn't it? <sighs> oh, I, I think that when Muffet McGraw did her announce, when they did the announcement, I think ESPN went crazy. It's like, oh my God, we got something to talk about. Something to cover. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the hardware store the other day, and I felt like I was going to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. I'm like, wow, trees, which, which store, people. Which store do you go to? <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me off air so I can go. <laughs> <laughs> it was paradise. Let me tell you. Well, it is good to be with you guys. Always enjoy talking to you, and we're going to start the show with this every week. So if you're with us, this might be a little repetitive, but I know we have new listeners each and every week. So let's just start like we always do with a quick update, what is happening at your golf courses. And, John, we'll start with you. Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, site of last year's U.S. Senior Open. Things have been, unfortunately, very quiet for you guys. Yeah, we're still, uh, we are still closed, and I don't have a date. Uh, the university hasn't given me a date for reopening. I, I still think, you know, we'll probably be the first enterprise at the university to open, given um, just our venue versus, let's say, you know, the hockey arena for outside play and stuff like that. I just... You know, it's it just the social distancing won't work, I don't believe, there. So the, I think if stringent standards are still in place, uh, we'll be the first to open. I've already submitted an operating plan to my management as to what we would do when we did open, how we're going to operate, what types of procedures and protocols are we going to have in place to keep uh, our guests safe as well as our staff, and how we would man that uh, with just our you know, our full-time professional staff we're operating you know with four full-time people here and then we have five in our maintenance areas so we it'd be a nine-person operation that we would have but uh we feel given the limited um services that are available you know no carts initially uh, as what we propose we'd be able to do it so i'm hopeful that when we make the decision we made probably in early may i'm hopeful they'll give us a green light but nothing till then 
you know, I'm just curious, John, and I don't want to get into your plan, but just from a general standpoint, you've heard Tim mm-hmm. talk about some of the changes yeah. he has made at Blackthorn. Did anything catch your ear from what Tim has said the last couple of well, weeks? Well, yeah, I mean, it helps. It reinforced it. I mean, there's pretty much there's been so much written about what different courses are doing. It's been very helpful for us. I think had we opened or content opened when we were supposed to before all of these things happened uh all these courses tried different things we've been in the dark a little bit but yeah it's been helpful a lot of the things that tim has adopted we'll be doing as well um you know we i think we're going to be very restrictive though when we initially open probably keep it to twosomes and do a 2t starting time so that each each nine you'll probably have 16 to 18 minutes between um between groups. So, so again, yeah, I know Tim's adopted those same standards and uh, it's almost become a industry wide uh, template for how people are operating. And I think the interesting thing is I, I, if we tried something like this last summer and somehow limit services or the Mm -hmm. access to the course or whatever, the golfers would have gone crazy. And I think Tim can probably speak to this. I, I don't, think anybody will complain um i think they're just so right. happy to be able to be be here playing golf that uh they'll understand that hopefully and, and john i've made this point on sports beat just with baseball kicking around all these ideas this is a year to implement things they've always wanted to try dh yeah. in the national league which drives me insane but yep. having less extra extra inning games doing something different people are not going to complain as much this year because they just want to see activity back on the golf course the baseball diamond whatever the yep. case may be. So I think, I think exactly that's true, right. Darren. That's a good point. Well, Mr. Firestone, what's happening at Blackthorn right now? Well, um, you know, if, if we get uh, the sun shining and decent weather, we will uh, be completely sold out. Um, on days like today, we'll still have probably 150 to 160 golfers. So it has been um, – a blessing for us in some ways um, um, to have the Illinois courses and Michigan courses not being able to open. Um, we've been uh, extremely busy. We're trying to create uh, the safest environment as possible. And like I've mentioned on other shows, I think some of the changes that we've made here may last long-term post-corona. So um, it's been a learning experience. We just uh, did some modifications. We, uh, With our clubhouse being closed down, um, uh, the restrooms and you can't come into the pro shop we do have the snack bar open uh, in the back and so what we ended up doing was moving some of our pro shop items into where the tables used to be in the grill area um, and uh, another cash register back there just in case someone did not pay or whatever we had to do um, so the clubhouse is still closed only two people can come in at a time you know to pay um, but uh, we're adapting and uh, the staff my staff's been great about doing the things that we need to do and um uh, things are running uh, very smoothly actually knock on wood tim how do people get tea times right now at blackthorn well we are encouraging everybody to make their tea times online at blackthorngolf.com it really is easy i think it's just getting people there the first time to try it i mean as john can attest everybody wants to call the golf shop and a lot of the time people will call the golf shop and they'll ask for john just to make the tea time, which they could have done online, which they could have done with the person that answered the phone. But they think John's the only one that has to take the tea time in the same way here. So it's just retraining these these people um, of the new way to do it and walking them through it. We've been on the phone, especially some of our, you know, non-tech savvy 
members, um, just kind of walking them through it. But what we're thinking is, is once we get these people trained on what they're doing, this will be um, – you know, a very, very smooth operation here once we get everybody up to speed. I'd like to call John at Blackthorn and get the John Foster special. <laughs> yeah, well, John can attest to this. How many times do people call John and oh. say, hey, is John there? Hey, John, I'm yep. looking for a tea time tomorrow. Well, that's why I pay people to answer the phone and why we have a website. <laughs> yeah, I get it on my cell phone, too. I just, you know, <sighs> Sunday really? morning at 6.30, I get a call. It's like, hey. You know, you're going to be able to get me on this morning. It's like, I don't know. I'm in bed. Um, that, that's your yeah. Nagel calling, isn't it? <laughs> no, he never calls ahead. He just walks on. <laughs> and Nagel's not up that early on Sunday morning either, by the way. <laughs> the Golf Show presented by of Ultra, John Foster, Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett with you on this Saturday morning. Mike David, Executive Director of the Indiana Golf Association, will be our guest coming up in our next segment. So, guys, let me read this to you. We touched on this a bit last week, but the mayor of Fort Worth, Betsy Price, is all in on the PGA Tour returning at a facility in Fort Worth, the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club, June 8th through the 14th. This is scheduled to be the first PGA Tour event since the shutdown. This is going to be a situation there's going to be no fans. The first four events on the PGA Tour once they get restarted. But they're making a lot of changes right now in order to make this work. And I think we lost somebody there. That would have been Timmy, I think. That would be Tim. Yeah, we'll get yeah. Tim back on here in just a second. But it sounds like, John, that the mayor is talking about the players and caddies. They're going to be tested daily at their hotel, and a couple of local hotels will house all the players and caddies and maybe other personnel they need to pull off this golf tournament. Also, there's going to be screening that takes place. They're going to check temperatures to see if anybody possibly could be becoming ill. And Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, has stressed the importance of widespread, large-scale testing across the country, as well as the need to test players and caddies and other constituents before we return, end quote. We're not decision makers in this whole process, just like you and and Tim, you're adjusting to what you're being told to do, in, in Tim's case, the governor, in your case, John, the, the University of Notre Dame. But are you concerned at all? It, it could be a bad look for the PGA Tour if they come back in June where there are still parts of the country where the virus still could be spiking, you're having people losing their lives. Do we have to worry about that at all, or is this something totally separate? This is entertainment, and if people want to watch, they can watch. If they're offended or they don't like golf, they don't have to watch it. How do you feel like this decision is going to play out? Is it okay to return to a little golf right now with everything that's going on? If, if it's the timetable they're talking about in June, I think what's going to happen by them, by then, Darren, is that there is going to be – Specific parts of the country where certain things are done, specific parts where certain other things are done, dependent upon density of population and the prevalence of the 
the virus in a particular area. So I think people are going to be a little more used to not painting everything with the same brush, that we can do specific things in specific ways in specific places as opposed to New York has this um, you know, terrible problem going on. So a rural Indiana town, do they have to invoke the same measures that, that New York does and so on and so forth? So I think, I mean, there are always going to be criticism. Um, and golf is, seems to be a particular target of criticisms uh, from time to time. But I don't, I don't think so. I mean, if they can pull this thing off, I think there's another side of it to show that if you are responsible, you can do specific things and not have to be sheltered in place for the rest of your life. So I, I think I, I'm still not sure they're going to be able to do it, um, but, but I hope they can. And I think Tim is back with us right now. I think, Tim, you heard me talking about the Fort Worth mayor working with the PGA Tour and federal officials to make this golf tournament happen as the PGA Tour returns June 8th down at Colonial. Do you think it's a bad look at all for golf to return at this point? Well, look, I think, you know, John hit it on the head. That's, you know, at least 30 days from now. A lot's going to change between now and then. And at some point, we have to start planning on getting things back to normal. And I think at the end of the day, if they did plan on having this tournament and something else would go south and not make it uh, feasible or would be the wrong look, I'm sure the PGA Tour would cancel it and not do it. But at some point, we have to start planning on how are we going to open and get these tournaments back to playing. And I think, um, again, it's kind of like playing golf here at Blackthorn. I mean, we're open. We're doing everything that we can possibly to create a safe environment. We're not forcing you to come out and play. You know, you don't, if you don't like the risk and you don't feel comfortable, then you don't have to come. And I think as far as that goes, as far as volunteers or different people that are involved with the tournament there and the, and the players, if the players don't feel safe, don't play. Mm-hmm. If you do and you think it's a great, it's a safe environment for you, then, then tee it up. So I think we have to put the decision on the people that are participating, not necessarily being mandated by the government when it comes to this um, restarting with these golf tournaments. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me read one Go ahead, John. I was also going to make the point, I think golf is the perfect sport to kind of, you know, roll out of this thing, uh, just given the the spacing that one can maintain as opposed to, say, basketball, football, baseball, where you're invariably going to come into contact uh, with with competitors or other people. So I, I think it's a perfect sport to give it a shot. Let me read this quote, and you guys give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. So this is a doctor, Jennifer Babick, and this was a quote from Golf Magazine in regards to this story. And she says, quote, you wouldn't expect the golfer to wear the mask while they're hitting. But if you do while walking to the ball, you're actually mirroring broader public health measures. And remember, you're on TV. This is also an opportunity to be a good role model, end quote. (laughs) Do you like okay. thinking? Okay. Speaking of opportunity, do you think the Titleist has too many letters to put across a mask? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that the tour is um, you know, notorious for that, uh, famous for all the logos and stuff. I think it's, she makes a really good point. You know, people emulate and want to emulate what they, uh, they see the, you know, their favorite player do. I think it could help. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are we supposed to wear masks when we go out for a walk? I thought it was just putting masks on when we're going to grocery stores. You know what I mean? So if a guy's walking down the fairway in the wide open air, you know, I mean, I see her point. 
it just seems a little bit. I think she's just thinking, hey, it sets a good example. Yeah, yeah right. I don't know that. I don't know what their plans are to do that. I know that you are going to be in close contact with your caddy, but if they've done testing yeah. daily, right. I think they're talking yeah. about doing. I think that takes care of it. I mean, the real fallacy about testing is going to get us open. It's not the testing for the uh, active virus. It's testing for the antibodies. It's going to tell who's had it, who's safe for not getting it again. Um, So I don't know when they say testing what they they mean there. If it's daily, I guess it's a test for the virus. John Foster, Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett with you. Joining us next, Mike David, Executive Director of the Indiana Golf Association. This is the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra, 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. The Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra continues on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club. John Foster from Warren will rejoin us coming up in our next segment. We have a special guest on the line, the executive director of the Indiana Golf Association. Mike David joins us here on the Golf Show on WSBT Radio. Mike, it's Darren. Good morning to you. How are you? Hey, good morning, Darren. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. We greatly appreciate your time. Let's begin with the pandemic that we're in right now. How has it affected the Indiana Golf Association? You know, um, obviously it's had an effect on us. It's had an effect on everyone. I would say that uh, so far Indiana has fared uh, better than than, uh, many other states. We've probably got um, 60 to 70 percent of our courses uh, who are allowed to be open right now statewide, which uh, which is really a big deal when you think about it, because uh, the golf industry in Indiana creates about 21,000 jobs and uh, creates a total wage income of over $530 million a year. So um, it is it is a significant business. So the fact that that many courses can stay open, I, I think, is important for us. And we are continuing to um, implore our golf facilities to follow best practices that we're putting out there and and offer as safe of an environment as possible for uh, not only their customers, but themselves and their staff members as well. Well, Mike, I, I can't thank you enough for your leadership uh, during this time. And I, you know, just uh, uh, wanted to uh, specifically thank you and, and your office for the communication and the efforts in working with the governor's office. And um, it seemed like there for a while, every day was a new update and, um, I think that uh, ultimately we could not have ended up in a better place uh, for golf course owners in, in Indiana. Um, but that just uh, shows, you know, your leadership. You know, I think a lot of our listeners may not know, but Mike is one of the only uh, executive directors to oversee both the amateur and the professional um, operations within a state. Normally those offices are separated, uh, but Mike uh, is one of only, I think, is it just you, us in Tennessee? Is that right, Mike? Yeah, actually, it's us and Kentucky and the Sun Country are the only uh, the only three that have a, a joint relationship like we do right now. Yeah, which really makes it so much easier to, to run tournaments and have the cooperation. And, and Mike is just uh, uh, an excellent leader uh, for golf, uh, not only in Indiana, but across the country, very well respected. So thanks for all you do, Mike, uh, for golf courses here in Indiana. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And, and I've got a great team that uh, – of, of staff members who make me look good and, and certainly some, some great volunteer board members who are always on the same page, and that is, you know, what can we do to make golf in Indiana better, and, and that's always our focus. So uh, it's definitely been a team effort, but thanks for that. 
Mike, I know Tim has mentioned on our program that there have been a lot of people from the Chicagoland area coming over to Blackthorn to play. As of recently, Illinois was one of the states that golf courses were closed. I have a good friend that's a part of a country club in Illinois, and they're frustrated that they can't get out on the golf course as of right now. What was sort of the deciding factor for the governor's office and you when when you had those discussions about whether to open golf courses or not? Why was it okay in Indiana? Well, you know, I, I think, first of all, you have to look at, at the number of cases. And certainly, you know, Michigan and Illinois, two states where, where golf is currently not being allowed. I mean, the case numbers are are much larger in those areas. I think that was part of it. But um, I think right from the start, we tried to convey to the governor that, uh, that we felt that golf, as long as he was going to allow state parks to be open and encourage outside activity, which he has done since day one, uh, we felt that, that, that golf could be operated responsibly and it could keep people, you know, safe and allow them to exercise. And uh, I think fortunately for us, for the most part in Indiana, um, well, the governor has certainly been supportive, but for the most part, local communities have been supportive of what, as well. I think the largest pocket of closed courses we have right now, without a doubt, is Marion County or Indianapolis. And hopefully in the next week or so, um, they'll lessen the restrictions there and, and we'll be able to get uh, Marion County courses operating. You know, I've played about three times during this uh, month-long time period, and um, when I'm on the golf course, I, I, I just feel like it's harder to find a safer place as far as I'm concerned than, than playing golf right now. I, I feel much better playing golf than going to the grocery store or pumping gas or getting takeout food right now. So uh, I think there are a lot worse things you can be doing than, than being on the golf course. Well, I know this, Mike. I think I would be more than happy to shank a couple of shots right now if it means being out on the golf course. I mentioned this to Tim. Sometimes going out of the golf course can be very frustrating, but a frustrating day on the golf course probably sounds pretty good for a lot of people right now. You know, I really I think you're right, and, and I think if you look at the, uh, the, the traffic that the courses that are open are doing right now, you just see – all the, the kind of the pent-up desire that's there for people to get out and, uh, and, and have some kind of activity to get their mind off of, off of the virus and everything else that's going on. And, and I really think that coming out of this, if you look at some of the con- contact sports and, you know, kind of up in the air as to when some of those are going to be able to resume, I, I think golf is in a good position to come out of this in a positive light. And I think it'll be, um, you know, probably one of the first things, as we're already seeing, uh, that people can do and, and feel safe doing and get, get some activity in. And, and again, I, I think the golf industry is uh, in a pretty good position coming out of this whole thing. I mean, it, obviously no one's in a great position, but, uh, but I think golf is poised to come out in a, in a positive light right now. Yeah, I think you, uh, you're right. I mean, we've been so fortunate, and I know that um, I say my prayers and thank God every night that we're able to be open. Um, change of directions a little bit, Mike. Um, as Mike, you know, we've mentioned, is in charge of both the IGA and the PGA in Indiana. As if he wasn't busy enough, uh, the Indiana Golf Association also has picked up all of the first tee uh, uh, operations in the state of Indiana. And I know here in our area we have uh, really um, – Gain some momentum with Jenny Zimmerman uh, taking over the program here. Can you talk a little bit about the first tee uh, in the state of Indiana and, and here locally in the Michigan area as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we were fortunate about um, eight or nine years ago that uh, the first P chapter in Indiana was was pretty much handed to us. Uh, Alice Dye had a had a large role in that happening. Um, but since we have taken over the first tee, it, it falls under the Indiana Golf Foundation. We are now in 18 different communities uh, statewide. I guess I should mention the first tee is a national youth development program uh, for those that aren't aware of that. So it, it pushes the nine core values. It pushes uh, a lot of the life skills that, that kids can take with them throughout the course of their lives. And obviously it uses golf as a method to, uh, to reinforce those, those life skills. But uh, we're now in 18 different communities around the state. We're literally reaching over 100,000 kids uh, in our national school program, which introduces golf through elementary schools. And then we've got um, just over 2,000 in the life skills experience, which uh, basically is like the scouting program. So uh, a, a participant enters at the beginning level, and their goal is to get to the ACE level, which in scouting would be similar to reaching Eagle Scout. Um, and as you mentioned, we have flourished in the Michiana area, uh, largely due to uh, not only the efforts of the volunteer group up there heading our committee, but but as you mentioned, Jenny Zimmerman, who's done a fantastic job. So uh, Michiana is one of, one of our, our higher-functioning locations and uh, continue to do a lot of good things, reaching, reaching more and more youth up there. In fact, we're looking at uh, working on building onto the Studebaker facility and kind of having that as our home base. Uh, in the Michigan area. So lots of exciting things happening, not only statewide, but certainly locally with uh, with First Tee in the South Bend area. And we should mention if people want more information on the First Tee of Indiana, if they want to donate equipment, volunteer, org is the website. That's org. Mike David is our guest, Executive Director of the Indiana Golf Association. And Mike, each summer, you host tournaments across the state of Indiana. What are, where are you right now in the state of those tournaments being played? Yeah, so we, we've postponed all of our events through, uh, through Memorial Day. Um, so right now our first scheduled event will be May 27th. And, um, you know, we're optimistic now that the, uh, the president's uh, COVID task force has come up with the, the three phases, so to speak, of reentry. Um, I've been in contact with the governor's office. We really think that once Indiana is into phase two, um, with some modifications, we can we can operate our tournament program. Um, even though we might have 75 or 80 people at a tournament, we won't have more than 50 in a given area at any one point in time. Uh, by maybe modifying some of the rules, by uh, extending our tea time intervals, et cetera, um, we think we can operate. Uh, tournament events responsibly when we get to phase two. So uh, obviously we're hoping that's the case by the 1st of June and, and we can kind of uh, hit the ground running and, and, and not miss much, if any, of our of our summer programming schedule, whether it's uh, first tee clinics, whether it's junior events, or whether it's uh, adult events that we run. And, Mike, speaking of uh, events, um, I know you and I had a conversation a, a week or so ago, and there was some talk about uh, maybe an unofficial high school state tournament. Um, has there been any more developments on that front from your perspective? Yeah, actually, um, we're working with a couple of the uh, high school coaches, and it, it wouldn't be sanctioned by the IHSA in any way, shape, or form, but, but it certainly 
uh, has their blessing. And, and the goal would be simply to provide a, a team championship uh, for those high school players who, who lost out on their season this year. And we do have some traction with it. We're actually working on uh, qualifying um, sites around the state. We probably have six qualifying states on June the 8th. And then the, the state final, so to speak, would be June 10th and 11th. Format would be um, really exactly the same as, as what they've played under high school golf. It, we'd encourage teams to have five players and they count four. Uh, and Purdue University has, uh, has agreed to host the finals on June 10th and 11th. So I think it's going to happen at this point, and, and, and I really think that uh, – that it'll be well received, and, and like I said, it's not going to take the state, take the place of the high school finals, which is a huge event. But uh, but hopefully, give those kids that are missing out on their high school season uh, this year an opportunity to to compete as a team, which uh, which they don't they don't get that opportunity that often in golf. Obviously, it's more often in individual sports. So I think this will be well received, and I think it'll be a fun event. Great yeah, well, news. that's good news um, here, especially, um, you know, locally. Uh, Penn High School's got one of the best teams they've had probably ever. Um, so I know they were really bummed out about not being able to play in the tournament, so hopefully they can be a part of that. Yeah, that's terrific news. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good opportunity for a lot of schools. Mike, we've been doing this golf show for around 10 years. Tim and, and John Foster from Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame is co-host of the program with me over that time. And, you know, we are so lucky, we feel like, in northern Indiana, the quality of golf courses that we provide for golfers in our region and across the Midwest. And, of course, with Warren hosting the U.S. Senior Open, Blackthorne, a tremendous public facility that hosts a Symmetra Tour event. It sure feels like, even though we're not a huge metropolitan area, but the number of quality golf courses that we have seems to be just well above the norm. You know, I, I would I would completely agree with you on that, and and I would I should say um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say how great of a job uh, the Warren Course did with the Senior Open last year. I was fortunate enough to uh, be one of the USGA uh, rules officials on site, and I, I thought the, the entire event was was tremendous. It was very well done. Nothing was missed uh, that week. So. Congratulations! I know how many how many thousands of people were involved in that, and as you mentioned, uh, not only the Warren Course but Blackthorn, who has hosted several of our events in the past, South Bend Country Club, um, Morris Park. I mean, you, you've got a lot of, of really good golf opportunities up there, and we love every chance we have to come up to, to your area to, to hold an event, and they're always very well received at any of those facilities. Mike, I guess um, as far as just, uh, you know, every year we kind of start out the show with kind of a state of the union uh, as far as the golf business here kind of in the South Bend area. I mean, I think just like what you're seeing in some other parts of the state, we definitely uh, are having, you know, course, it seems about a course or two every winter that doesn't make it out of the winter going forward. Can you kind of give the state of the union address as far as golf in Indiana as a whole? Yeah, so, you know, there were um, some research that came out, some information that came out probably 15 years ago now that said that uh, we needed to build a new golf course, basically open a new golf course every day to match the demand. And, you know, nationwide, that's that's almost what happened. And, unfortunately, the, the demand leveled off. It's no longer dropping. It's, it's, it's stabilized, but certainly not to the point of, 
sustaining the number of golf courses that were built during that that building boom. So, um, you know, we're we're still seeing the effects of that, and unfortunately, it's it comes down to a supply and demand issue, and. We're, we're not quite back to where we need to be, in my opinion, on number of courses versus number of players. And certainly there are a lot of efforts out there uh, from the PGA of America, and, and we implement a lot of, uh, of efforts for player development to get more people to, to join the game. Um, and those have an impact, but, uh, but I still think that, that leveling off that supply and demand will probably involve more courses closing, unfortunately. Um, but I, I think you'll continue to see that over the next uh, next few years. And whether we're ever back to where the game was in the early 90s or not remains to be seen. Um, and who knows, maybe one of the very few positive outcomes of this of this virus is the resurgence in the game. But uh, but but the supply and demand issues have definitely hit uh, over the last eight or 10 years. And it, it has taken a toll on some facilities. Micah, are there any golf courses currently under construction, new construction in Indiana? Yeah, there are a couple. Um, uh, the IU course, Indiana University is building a new course that, uh, oh, that's, that's right. almost ready for play. And then um, there's another course called Holiday Farms, um, northern suburb of Indianapolis, Zinesville, that will be opening okay. in the next, uh, I think, year and a half. And that's... Um, that's actually very interesting. Um, Alice Dye's family owned that property, and Pete Dye did a, um, a sketch of a layout, and, and they're using that sketch, even though it was long before a golf course was planned there. So uh, I, I think it actually will be a, a Pete Dye design, which is, is unique because uh, obviously with Pete passing away and him really not doing any course design for the last few years, that's, uh, that's, that's going to have yeah, some significance, cool. I think, when it opens. Yeah. Mike, I have one more question for you, and we're joined by Mike David, Executive Director of the Indiana Golf Association. This is just your opinion, but with your knowledge of putting together golf tournaments, I would just like to get your general thoughts on the PGA Tour, hoping to go down to Fort Worth in June and restarting the golf season. They're not going to be fans in attendance at the first four tournaments. It sounds like they may house all the golfers and all the caddies in two hotels. There's going to be testing. Do you think there is a realistic shot that this can be pulled off? Well, I mean, I think if anyone can do it, the tour can definitely do it. I mean, obviously they've got the resources they need, and I'm sure they've looked at this from all angles. And I, you know, I guarantee from a player standpoint, those guys are itching to get back out there. Um, obviously, for all of us that want to see sports on TV, we're all we're all dying to see something as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's feasible for them to do that. I, I think the key is getting the buy-in from the players, and as long as the players feel safe, um, then I think they'll want to show up and they'll want to compete, and, and I, think, uh, I think we'll see it happen. Hmm. Let's hope so. It would be great to have some golf back on television. I think a lot of people are really missing Augusta National, the U.S. Open, of course, which would have taken place in June. Everything's been rescheduled, but it's just been a very, very strange year. But we're doing the right thing right now with social distancing so we can get everybody back on the golf course across the country very, very soon. And, Mike, we want to thank you for what you do for golf in the state of Indiana. Tim has told us a lot about you and the job you have done. So thank you for what you do for the game of golf, and we really appreciate your time this morning. 
Well, guys, I really appreciate being part of it, and thanks for all the kind words. And uh, stay safe, and, and hopefully we're, uh, we're on the road to recovery here soon. You bet. Thanks, Mike, Mike David, Executive Director of the Indiana Golf Association. John will rejoin us in just a moment. This is the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. The Golf Show continues presented by Michelob Ultra on WSBT Radio. I'm Darren Pritchett with John Foster, GM at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, and Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn. Had a discussion with my son this week about the PGA Tour returning, and we were kicking around some ideas. And I think you guys have some answers to our questions about things, Tim, you're doing at Blackthorn. But one thing that was brought up, and you hate to think about every little thing, but the golfers taking the ball out of the hole, is that something to be concerned about? Well, actually, Tim, you're doing something at Blackthorn to help with that particular issue. Yeah, so basically we're uh, turning the cups upside down, essentially. So the ball will still go into the hole, but only goes in maybe about, you know, uh, half an inch, three quarters of an inch. So you basically can easily access your golf ball without having to stick your hand all the way into the hole. I know some courses are actually taking the holes outside the cups, um, yeah. which are some funny YouTube videos about guys shooting like 56. If you can just <laughs> ram it right into the cup, it doesn't have to go in. Um, but that's what we're doing, and you know we're we're leaving the flag sticks in. And I, I, uh, you know, for for me personally. Um, I, I didn't know how I would feel about that last year when they made the rule change, but I am so used to it now and actually prefer it and enjoy it. And I think I'll continue to putt that way uh, going forward. Um, so that's been a great, uh, um, you know, thing that that has uh, with my game that I've that I've liked. And the other part of it is pace of play. With not you know having to take the flag stick out mm-hmm. and then go pick it up and the guy forgets to put it in and this guy wants it in this guy wants it out, it really I think just makes the game go smoother. So Tim, yeah, Tim have you guys had an issue with with people still pulling the flag stick out? No, haven't seen it. Okay, at all. Yeah. okay, because we we've discussed this when we get going. We were thinking we might just use like a driveway snow stick, you know, the alignment stick. Instead of a flag stick, if, if, then the temptation wouldn't be to pull it out. I just obviously our desire is not to have anybody touch the flag stick. I just wondered if it right. had been an issue. No, I think people are pretty much, you know, yeah. following the rules, especially this time and uh, the time that we're in now, and it seems to not have been an issue. And like I said, I think a lot of people are learning to like putting with the flag stick in. Tim, uh, also, and this is. I've noticed this at another golf course that I was driving by the other day. Are you one person per cart or you're letting them share carts? No, unfortunately, we don't have enough carts, John, to be able to have okay. everybody take their own cart. So what a lot of folks are doing, if they're not comfortable with you know who they're playing with, sure. most of the times they're all friends or their wives or whatever, but they will take okay. turns walking each other, put both sets of clothes oh. in the cart. And then one okay. guy will walk, and the next guy will walk the other hole. So we've not Makes had sense. any complaints. And again, if people okay. are comfortable with what we're doing, right, they don't right. have to play. We've well, got about a, a minute. Go ahead, John. Oh yeah, the, the one thing that struck me though um, is that they were there were four people that had four carts, and they're all standing on the tee about a foot away yeah. from each other. Like, <laughs> that kind of defeats the whole purpose. So I was just wondering if you were having trouble. Are you trying to enforce? Uh, the distancing or not? I mean, we, we recommend it, but once people are recommend out there, John, it, yeah. they can't control them. No, I know. I know. I know. Okay. And in about 30 seconds, John, do you like the idea of the cup that Tim right now? Yeah, we were, we have plans on doing 
doing just that. Uh, we still haven't decided whether to use a flag sticker or an alignment stick, uh, but that's that's minor. We're going to be doing the thing so the ball doesn't go all the way down the hole. Interesting. Very good. Yeah. All right, we'll come back and wrap up this installment of the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra. From 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. We wrap up the golf show. What's coming up? John, we'll start with you at Warren. <laughs> we're, we're still on hold, so we have to tune into the show next week and see if we've made any progress on getting open. Perfect. Tim at Blackthorn. We are open for golf. Very busy. We encourage everybody to check out blackthorngolf.com uh, to book your tee time. And uh, Blackthorn cards are available, saving uh, right now, this time of year, you're saving up to $40 per round by having a black card. So check it all out at blackthorngolf.com. Very good, guys. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. All Thanks, right, Darren. See you there. This has been the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra from 96.1 WSBT South Bend. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouthwatering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 